You're listening to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is a recording from our Facebook Live interview series on Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. We sat down with Sonia Sesna to chat all things adventuring and filmmaking. Sonia is a New Jersey-based film producer, photographer, and environmental advocate. She brings her experience as a community organizer and activist into her work in film and photography at Sourland Studios. Her most recent project, Godspeed Los Polacos, is currently in festivals and has earned a dozen awards, including Best Mountain Feature from the Banff Mountain Film and Book Festival. So sit back and relax or go out and hit the trails and enjoy the show. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Run Venture Facebook Live series. My name is Kim Levinsky. I'm the owner and race director for Sasquatch Trail Runners in New Jersey and New York. And tonight we will be talking all things adventuring with the wonderful Sonia Sesna. So before we jump into the interview, I'm going to share a few updates on what's going on in the wonderful world of Sasquatch Trail Running. So next up on our Squatchy calendar, it's actually this Sunday, December 12th. We've got our Eggnog Slog All-Star Classic. This is at the South Mountain Reservation, and it is as disgusting as it sounds. The rules are simple. You're going to chug eight ounces of eggnog. You're going to run or hike a quarter of a mile, and you're going to repeat that four times. So you get up to one mile, run or hike, and you're consuming 32 ounces of eggnog. It's disgusting. Uh, This is a free event. All you have to do is bring your own eggnog, bring your own cup, and possibly bring your own barf bag for that. So that is on Sunday, starts 10 a.m. South Mountain Reservation. Same location as our Squatchy Leftovers race and our Frosty Fat Sass. So that's at the Turtleback Rock picnic area off of Walker Road in West Orange. Okay, and then to finish up our 2021 race calendar, we are going out to Weiweyanda State Park on December 18th. So that's coming up in less than two weeks. And we've got our Squatchyanda Full Moon Ugly Sweater Night trail race so you can do four miles or eight miles and that's actually under the full moon it's a full moon that night on december 18th i was just out at way state park today out in hewitt new jersey to check on the course and it's in really really good shape so assuming we don't get a monster snowstorm or a ton of rain uh the course is going to be tip-top shape um super runnable definitely very hikeable And if you've never tried night trail running or hiking, this is a really good opportunity to do that. Um, It's not technical at all. Uh, There's a little bit of single track, but it's not technical. The rest is all double wide trails. Again, very runnable. And we're going to have a bonfire going all night long. It was exciting to see Weiweyanda just added a big bonfire pit at the boat launch area. So that's going to be fun. We're going to have marshmallows out there, hot chocolate and uh, have a really good time at that trail party. So looking ahead to 2022, because we're at that time of the year where we can look ahead to next year, our first race is in January, and that's at South Mountain Reservation for our annual Frosty Fat Sass event. This is our annual fundraiser. This is the original Sasquad race. We started in 2018. So this year, we're celebrating our five-year anniversary, which is pretty exciting. So we want you to come out for that. As always, with that event, we're raising funds for our charity partner, the nonprofit uh, organization that keeps, takes care of those trails, South Mountain Conservancy. And since 2018, we've raised over $10,000 for them uh, through this race and a couple other events that we put on at South Mountain. So we're excited to get back out there for that really fun trail party. And then in February, we're headed back to the Ramapo Valley County Re- Reservation in Mawa, New Jersey, for our Onesie Fest 5K Marathon. Yes, you wear a onesie and it's pretty fun. So it's a 5K and you get to say, hey, I ran a 5K marathon when all your non-running friends ask about that. So that's in February. You can get all the information about that on our website, which is sasquadtrailrunning.com. And all of our events are listed on ultrasignup.com. Um, so that is it for our Squatchy updates. So the reason you are all here is for Sonia. So I met Sonia a few well, I guess it's probably a couple months ago now. Um, our mutual friend, Jana Schernetz, had a backyard documentary bash at, um, at her place, and we saw Sonia's film that recently came out. So Sonia is um, partnered up with a gentleman named Adam, and they make 
films um, that center around adventuring, which is super cool. This, uh, the film that we saw most recently was called Godspeed Los Palacos. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, um, but it's a story of the world's greatest road trip. Um, you can catch a trailer online for that. It was really, really fun movie that we all watched together. Um, so tonight we're going to be talking all things adventuring with Sonia. I know we've got some folks who are watching and um, all along the evening, if you want to drop your questions in the live chat on Facebook, I will relay them to Sonia. So I know Jan is going to be dropping them all night long and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give some rapid fire to Sonia, but um, that is the rundown of what's going on. So Sonia, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is great. Um, can I just say the eggnog race sounds so enticing. <laughs> I know you want to come. <laughs> We've been trying to organize a pierogi eating and like trainer race, like a gold sprints kind of race in a, in a bar in Trenton where you have to like eat yeah. pierogies and they take time off of your race. So if you're faster, you don't need to eat as many pierogies. If you're not as fast, you can eat more pierogies. So that's an event I we should combine it <laughs> triathlon of food oh uh, could you imagine that oh my gosh yeah it's really gross you know the eggnog thing we started last year we were trying to do a lot of virtual events uh during 2020 and that was one of the ideas that one of our members came up with so we did it virtually and like 20 30 people participated in it and we made <laughs> videos and shared it Amazing. online and then people started asking this year, like, are we going to do an in-person eggnog slog? <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, no. But I put it online and everyone's like, yes, do it. So we're going to give the people what they want, I guess. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So let's start where we usually do with each of our guests, which is just to get kind of the background story of how you got into your uh chosen activities but for you you do a lot of different uh, adventuring sports so I am so excited to hear your background story and just how you got to where you are today um, feel free to make that as long or as short as you want and we can jump in uh, during that time with some questions so uh, Sonia take it away give us the rundown yeah I mean this is such an interesting question so I mean, just, just to like give an overview, I, I consider myself a climber, I think first and foremost, like there, I do a lot of things, but I think of myself as a climber and that's like the community I identify most with, but, um, that's definitely not something I grew up doing. Um, my dad's like a intense skier. He like, you know, trained and like, you know, kind of dreamed of being a ski coach. So he like drilled it into my sister and I that like, we were going to ski and that's what we did. And then in the summertime, he was very into windsurfing. So, you know, a lot of like either being cold on the mountain or being cold, like in the, in the windy, like hurricanes of New Jersey, like trying to figure out how to windsurf, which is actually very difficult. <laughs> it's like, really, you have to like, you know, hold on to this really heavy sail while you're balancing and like dealing with all the currents and the wind. And it's just like a very, like, an activity I have not mastered at all, but I think like, you know, being challenged in those ways when I was growing up made me really excited to, to take on uh, like different sports. And uh, honestly, like I totally got into climbing through the climbing gym scene. Like my friends were, you know, like, let's go check out this climbing gym. And uh, a lot of the gyms are, you know, kind of like dingy. They weren't like the pristine, like gravity vaults that you could go to now. They were just kind of like these dingy, like all of the holds have no texture on them. And you're just kind oh, of like <laughs> trying to figure out how to do it. But so, um, you know, really like I had a lot of close friends that, that took it to the next level and, um, you know, pursued like being parts of outward bound and, and different activities. And so, I kind of like got to learn from them and being in the in community with them, like how to climb, how to lead. And then that's taken me to, to really getting into ice climbing. I also randomly like rode on the cycling team at Rutgers. And so that's how Adam and I know each other. Okay. Um, so, you know, riding bikes was definitely like something I really love to do both in a utilitarian way and in a way to like, you know, get exercise and get outside. Um, 
And then it's funny because I started kayaking at the same time as we started this movie about a bunch of kayakers. So like in, in the beginning of the film, you really see them kind of fumbling and like trying to figure out how to kayak. And I was like, I totally understand <laughs> how they feel. You just spend a lot of time upside down, trying not to hate yourself. So uh, it was like a great, I think it was really great to start kayaking at the same time of like this deep dive. And I was like, I get it. I know what you went through. <laughs> so, I mean, those are like you know, some ways. Yeah. I, I think it's really about who you meet doing these activities and, and how you develop that like community around them. That's like the best part. Yeah, totally. And, and that's one of my favorite questions to ask our guests. And typically most of our guests are trail runners, ultra runners, um, and always the common theme you, I mean, you nailed it right there is the community. And I love asking like, what is, if you could articulate, like, what is it about, you know, for you, you've, you, you have different communities that you've tapped into, but is there like a common thread that you've seen throughout those different communities or what is it for you that, that, you know, you were so attracted to when you found that? That's a great question. I, I almost feel like there's an element of like, you're re- you're really trying to like stretch all the time you have. And like, you're not just trying to like go to work and go home. You're trying to like, how do I wake up early to like get a ride in before work? And how do I sneak this run in? And like, how do I live my life around, you know, the the normal things you're supposed to do and like really, you know, get the most out of every day. And I, I feel like that's the case for all of the communities I'm a part of like people are always scheming like how can I work from my car somewhere weird (laughs) so that I can do something cool like after work or before work uh and I I think that's like one element of it you know I think it's you know in being interested in taking risks and being willing to take in taking risk and also like being willing to embrace fear I think is a big one as well um so those are the the ones that come to mind at first but also just like people are just awesome most of the time. Yeah, I know. I love that. I say that all the time, especially, you know, trail and ultras is, it's really rare to find a jerk in the community, you know, but the most part, people are really just quality, quality individuals, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have a lot of time to think while you're doing all the, your various (laughs) things as well. (laughs) Reflect. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, Okay. So, how, I know you talked briefly about getting connected and starting up Sourland, but I would love, I mean, I have so many questions about it, but like, what's the story with Sourland and how did that get off of the ground? Um, and then maybe we could chat a little bit about some of your projects that you've done. Yeah, well, uh, it's funny. I guess, so Sourland kind of got off the ground, maybe at the same time of, of this movie just because we needed to like appear like a legitimate entity (laughs) sourland is literally adam and i like figuring out you know how to get cool projects that we want to work on uh done and so we you know adam is a my partner he's a freelance uh videographer he does cinematography he's a dp He, he does a bunch of stuff freelance and then he has a clientele that's like very adventure based. So bicycling and headlamp companies and kayak companies. And so we, we've worked on a few things together and then um, we kind of started Sourlands when we were looking at doing a short film, we thought, you know, let's, let's work on something, a longer term project that we can get into festivals and just like, you know, learn the ropes and, and meet all the players and, and kind of get everything together. And so we started this project, uh, Godspeed Los Blacos. And we were like, great, we'll just do a short interview with the main guy. He lives in New Jersey. It's close. We'll get his archives and we'll just like do that as our first project to see how it'll work. (laughs) And then we interviewed the main guy. Well, the, our main contact, it took us like four or five hours for our first interview and we were like okay that was great we got all like this whole tupperware container of like archival materials and we're like all right like like, let's watch it let's try to figure it out and like when we started going through everything and 
piecing together a script and a story we were like there's no way we can make this a 22 minute short film yeah. like, it's just <laughs> impossible like we just like couldn't couldn't figure out how to do it and so from there you know we reached out to all the other guys you know we arranged to meet with them and like slowly came to the realization we had a much bigger project than we were expecting <laughs> so yeah. yeah so we took some time off actually and we we went on a bit of a road trip that was really fun but we also interviewed all the guys so we went to Casper we went to Chicago we mm -hmm. went to Arlington and yeah and then we were like well, how do we make this make sense because their story is like so all over the place and so many things happen and it was really a challenge of like how do you whittle this down to something that's like you can watch in 88 minutes and understand what happened. <laughs> and you know, you know, I'm thinking Sonia right now, cause you know, we, we upload this to our podcast. Some folks might not, they don't, they don't know. Maybe a lot of people don't know about the film. So we should give like maybe a short synopsis of what um, Godspeed Los Polacos is about. And then we can get back to this, but I think that might be helpful for people. Yeah, totally. So Godspeed Los Polacos is a feature length documentary. Um, you know, it's called the, the, world's greatest road trip but I, I like to think of it as um these guys who think they're going on a kayaking expedition but they end up getting involved in something that takes down like the Soviet Union <laughs> and so it's like a, a political adventure film that I think you know can appeal to both the history buffs and the adventure sports nerds so <laughs> I I think uh you should check it out we, someone called it the best Cold War adventure film. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the thing about it is like, I went into it, I'd read a little background on it. And I was like, how are we getting from point A to point B <laughs> with the start of this about this kayaking expedition and then all the history. And I mean, these guys literally changed the course of history with what they did. Um, it was such a fun, such a fun film. Um, and then to have you there and, you know, you were answering some questions. Um, it was really, really neat. Yeah. Thank you so much. It, it was, yeah. Uh, that was the most exciting part of like making that film for us. So Adam and I are both first generation Polish Americans. So our parents came over, my parents came over in like 1990. Adam's came over like in the late eighties and they, you know, they came to the U S because they didn't want to be living in, in the Soviet Union and in what Poland was at that time. And so, you know, a lot of this was very personal to us is like really looking at what was Poland like when our, you know, our parents were growing up and like, why did they leave? You know, what, what was the environment that they were growing up in and living in? Mm. And that's, that's awesome. So you got to meet everybody, right? In the film and you did sit down interviews with each of them. Yeah, funny enough, we also went to Peru thinking we would use any of that footage. We did not. But we also got to go down to the Colca Canyon and, and visit, you know, that that whole area and get to get a better sense of what it was like down there. We didn't paddle what, it yet. What though. was that <laughs> like? I can't even imagine going down there. What was that like for you guys? Well, it's wild because the Colca Valley in general, that area is I think the third most visited spot in Peru, you know, it's like after Machu Picchu, obviously, but like one of the top tourist destinations and it's still one of the most remote places I've ever been to. So it's like, how <laughs> there's one road, um, you know, some of the roads are super sketchy, like windy, steep, steep cliffs, you know, it's, it's super rural. There's a lot of farming. Uh, the villages are really small and it, it's pretty, it's a, it's an incredibly beautiful place. And I can only imagine what it was like in 1981 before <laughs> there was like, before it was a tourist destination. Yeah. I just, yeah, I can totally envision them like hitchhiking on dirt roads, trying to get back to town. I, <laughs> I remember thinking that watching the film, I was thinking like, what would it be like as a local to see this crew roll into town <laughs> you know? yeah and I think one of them says it they're like 
people just didn't even understand what what we were doing like they couldn't mentally just what <laughs> why do you have a boat and why are you going down there oh, man it's plus awesome. plus kayaks are like not a thing mm. they weren't whitewater kayaking was in its infancy then so it wasn't like oh yeah you know you're kayaking that's a thing I know about no it was like yeah. totally new yeah Oh my goodness. Well, I, I really, really enjoyed the film. And um, where are you guys at in terms of like, you know, you released it a couple of months ago. Are you doing like tours or showings or how, how are you guys getting the word out about the film? Yeah, so technically we released the film November 2020 last year. So we won a uh, best feature film at the Banff Mountain Film Festival, which was one of the, the biggest mountain films yeah. in the world, which was really exciting. And that was that was kind of like our goal festival. And, you know, that year we really focused on getting into various festivals, you know, getting the word out there. But it was it was weird because obviously it was COVID and festivals yeah. were partially well, for the most part, they were virtual. Some of them were like partially in person, partially online. And so we just about finished that, I would say, like in June-ish. We're still, we actually are in one festival this week uh, in Spain called Bilbao Mendy. So it's showing in Spain right now. And that's actually in person. So that's super exciting. Are you headed um, out there? I I mean, I am very tempted, but I think we are not. <laughs> uh, it's happening like now plus this weekend. So, okay. um, you know, fingers crossed we get good news from the festival. But in general, we, we've been doing pretty well at fests. And then um, we had a strange time for when our theatrical release was because it was like at the end of COVID. Yeah. Not at the, I won't say the end, but like in a in the summertime so things were kind of tapering down things were opening up but people were people are still not comfortable going to theaters so we had like a small theatrical run but it wasn't you know huge and then in October we actually did a like one day in all theaters in Poland like showing so it was super popular there um, we also did something at the Polish consulate in New York City so you know, we've been doing a lot with the Polish community and getting the word out that way, but otherwise it is, you know, online available for streaming. Uh, we're hoping to kind of do more community screenings at kayaking fests and stuff in the upcoming season. So hopefully we'll have more cool. outdoor screening opportunities coming up. That is awesome. So fun. Um, Okay, so you probably have, maybe, I'm presuming, other projects lined up. Are you guys working on anything now, or is, is it, like, top secret, or what do you got on the docket for you guys? Yeah, I feel like we're, so we have a few ideas in the works, but we're really trying to be very picky. <laughs> this film took us, like, four and a half years to, you know, make and bring to completion, and it, it's really, like, your whole life for a while so we're trying to we're doing some small projects like we're we're working on um we got some small grants to do like ma a maker series on uh artisans in trenton so we're doing like a small video series on that as like a little a smaller project but we are trying to figure out you know what we want to commit to longer term for for a story but I can't say it's, it might be a climbing film and it might be another kayaking film. We don't know yet. Okay. Well, here, here's a question for you. If you could do anything, what's, what's like top on Sonia's list of like, if you could make a film about anything you wanted, no budget, no travel restrictions, anything like you had total creative power to get it done. Wow. If, if I had unlimited resources, yeah. I would have loved I mean, I would have loved to go um, learn more about the story, what happened with the ultramarathon that happened in China. Mm. Um, that yeah. was like a totally tragic event. And then from, as far as I understand, there was a lot of backlash on extreme sports in the country. And yeah. so I would have loved to like, you know, go and learn what did that mean for people in the country? Like, did people have to stop doing the things they love doing? Like, how did that like disaster happen in the first place like that that's something I would have 
you know, totally dropped everything and gone to go if I had like an unlimited budget to just like see what what was happening and, and what's the story mm -hmm. uh, with people involved in these communities there. Yeah, totally. And it, it, you, I mean, man, that would be such a great project too, because even just looking at the repercussions for the rest of ultra running internationally, and that's definitely had, you know, we've felt the waves of it, I think, and, and seen, I think seen some very positive changes too, you know, at least stateside with, you know, just being a little bit more cognizant on risk and, you know, safety. Yeah, what, what are some of the things, do you, is it like more you have to check in with certain gear when you're doing an ultra or is that generally yeah, what you I were saw, seeing? I've saw I've seen a lot of that this this last summer with um you know ultras the longer ones mostly and and any races too in the mountains where the gear list is is being required and it's being checked you know at check in before you even start the race and then at aid stations as well um which is you know these are all good things that probably should have been happening um but yeah Unfortunately, sometimes it takes not a great thing to, to spur that. Um, we kind of saw that with, with COVID and the way aid stations changed, you know, like we used to oh, have wow. the, yeah. the big community M&M bowls, you know, where everyone's reaching in with their nasty hands and, you know, you don't do that anymore, which probably is a very good thing that shouldn't have been happening in the first place. Right. Was there a trend where like <laughs> a lot of people were getting sick after races just in general? No, I mean, I think probably runners immune systems are a little bit higher, but when you stop and think about it, yeah, pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> like if someone wild. goes to use the Porta John and then they go, right. it's, it's no good. Not happening. Not good. <laughs> uh, um, you know, we got a question that popped up in the Facebook chat. So let me read that to you. This is from Joe Brandine. He was at the movie night. Um, he wants to know where did the name Sourland come from, and do you climb at Sourland Mountain in New Jersey? That is what it's named after. Hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do go climb there sometimes. Actually, though, I, I find that I go there more often to mountain bike, which I'm not very good at the lines, but they are the most interesting lines uh, to mountain bike. So. If you want to do really technical mountain biking where you feel like, oh, if this is the bouldering of biking, yeah. <laughs> that's where to go. <laughs> but yeah, that's what it is named after. You know, we were thinking about what, what's a place close to home that we really like going to. And so we thought Sourland would be nice. And I can't imagine mountain biking at Sourland. Oh it's my ridiculous. I mean, half the time I go and I just like watch my friends who are way better than me, but I, I do try some of them and they're very intense. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, we got another question here. So let me read that to you. This is from Jana. Jana says, nothing ever goes as planned. Can you talk about some of the roadblocks you came across with the film and what you had to do to overcome them? Oh yeah. Um, so, I mean, one of the biggest ones was like, we just didn't have money to make this film and we were first time filmmakers. So like, you know, convincing funders and people that they should give us money to make a movie when like you literally have nothing to show for it was like very ambitious. People are like, what? Yeah. Um, so, and also like, it's kind of a very obscure topic, like whitewater kayaking in the late seventies and the fall of the Soviet union, like what, but so, so one of the ways, you know, we, we did a great crowdfunding campaign, like, you know, a lot of our, our friends and family, like really like pitched in to help us make this movie and a, a lot of different brands came out. Um, but we were still dealing with like a, a budget that was not ideal for making a feature length documentary. And so one of the things we did was um, we had a lot of missing footage from that expedition because they had been sending it back to Poland throughout their trip. That was kind of like an agreement. If they, you know, they just periodically sent back footage to show what they were doing and to, you know, gain approval from the authorities. Um, but so when they don't go back to Poland in the end, and this shouldn't be a spoiler for anyone, so it's fine, but their, their footage <laughs> gets destroyed because they don't come back and they kind of disobey the Soviet authorities. And so we were like, okay, how do we 
make up this footage that we don't have. And, and we were like looking into animation. If you've ever looked at animation, it's like one minute is like thousands of dollars. And so we were like, how are we going to get creative with this? Um, so we ended up like figuring out a way to, to get our friend, Maddie Fusco. She's a great illustrator. Um, we kind of like worked with her to illustrate scenes and then she would illustrate them in Photoshop and put them into different layers. And then Adam has a background in like graphic design and knows how to do motion graphics. So we kind of like piece together these movements, which is why they're like very slow in the film, but they look great and they look kind of like they're supposed to be that way. And so that's like, you know, I think a creative challenge that just ended up making the film better and kind of a roadblock that was, it was also my favorite part of it, just like drawing these. I, I got to do like the storyboarding in the beginning. So that was kind of fun. And then, you know, working with Maddie was really a treat. So I love how those came out. And, you know, I think that was a, a huge challenge that we overcame. And then the other one was really just these guys did not know what footage they had for a long time. So up until the very last moment, they were like, oh, I found this VHS tape in my basement. Oh, I found this like binder of slides in my basement. And we were like, you know, we've been working on this for three years. Where, where, where was this? You could have just given this to us years ago. So that probably also would have eliminated some of the need for um, mm. animation, but, but it was really, it was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you brought up the animation because that was, probably one of my favorite parts of the film it was so it was just very fun it was very creative the way you guys did it and and just so vibrant too I, I loved it I thought it really brought a lot to the film oh thank you yeah I they're one of my favorite parts as well <laughs> Maddie's great artist I'll try to share the link to her website yeah. with you later that'd yeah. be awesome awesome um, okay I want we spent a, a bit of time talking about the film I love to talk more about you Sonia and maybe you can jump into a little bit of like, what does your day-to-day -day life look like? Because I know you're spinning a lot of plates um, professionally, personally too. So if you want to chat a little bit about that and then there's another question to chat, we'll come back to that. We'll hit you with that one. But um, talk a little bit about like, what does your life look like with the filmmaking? And then also I know you work with Jana, um, who's on the, we call her the Squatchy Council. She's our legal counsel <laughs> on the Dream That's Team. awesome. Dana, I'm gonna call you the squatchy council at work from now on she is that's that's her well-earned title for us <laughs> uh yeah so I work with Jenna I'm the director of active transportation at the tri-state transportation campaign and I work on mostly New Jersey issues some sometimes in New York but one of the biggest projects I'm working on that I think Sasquatch Sasquad listeners would like is uh the circuit trails network it's a 800 plus mile multi-use trail network in the greater Philly region. So we're really trying to work on like creating a network where you could travel, you know, throughout this whole region without having to get onto the road and you have like your own space. It's like safe from cars and moving traffic. And so, you know, that that's like a, a big part of my work. And then some of the other things we work on are, are, safe streets, um, you know, designing our roads for everyone, especially, you know, people walking and riding, skateboarding, wheelchairing. So those are kind of, and, and what our work days look like generally, they could be anything from, you know, going down to Trenton to testify to like going on a bike ride with an assistant commissioner or being at a ribbon cutting or, you know, doing a safety audit. So, I mean, one of my favorite parts about the job is that it's not like the same thing every day. Um, there's, there's a bit of, there's quite a bit of zooming, but there, you know, a vast variety of topics and a lot of different opportunities to really engage with different people in different communities and figure out, you know, what are the issues they're facing with their transportation and, you know, what do they what do they want to see in their communities how do they visualize it and just because I didn't introduce tri-state transportation campaign we're a nonprofit in New Jersey New York and Connecticut and we're really focused on improving people's mobility throughout the region yeah it's so neat and I, I think 
uh, you know, before I met Jana, I had no idea this was even a thing. And then, you know, we uh, we put on a race at Island Beach State Park a couple of years ago. And I remember, you know, Jana was like, this is my baby, this project here with uh, the bike lanes that go throughout um, that whole region. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. I think a lot of people just don't even know the work that you guys are doing. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it's like, but once you start pulling that thread, if you like are ever like, you know, this road sucks, like, why does everyone keep speeding or like, there's never been like a crosswalk on here. And then like you start unrolling the thread of like, all the different things that go into like, your built environment. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons why I like really went to school for planning was you know, realizing the impact that it has on your day to day and how you live. And if you're able to walk to the grocery store or go to work without a car or, you know, live a healthy lifestyle, a lot of it comes down to these decisions that we're making with how our cities are developed. Yeah. And how long have you been working um, with, I'm going to get the initial TSTC. Yeah. TSTC. I guess I started TSTC in July of 2018. Okay. I've been there for a bit. Yeah. Well, I know Jana, when she made the connection, said she knew from day one you were like top-notch hire. So she was pretty <laughs> excited about that. Oh, great. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Let me uh, read a couple of things from the chat here. We got uh, Joe is saying, I smell a new 600 mile Sasquad race brewing. <laughs> We'll have to chat about that, Sonia, see what we can work up. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, Jana says, uh, one thing we work on at TSTC is inclusivity on trails. And it's something we talk about and strive for at Sasquatch. Yes, we do. What are some of the equity issues you see with getting folks to the trails and how can the trail running community help? Is a really good questions. Let's do it. These are two great questions. That's a great question. Uh, so part of the circuit trails work we we did was like really connecting with a few different communities in the region and trying to figure out why do people not use the trails that are really close to their homes and you know a lot of what we found was like people either not feeling welcome or not feeling like that space is for them and so one thing we've been thinking about is like how do you extend like an overt welcome how do you make sure people are are really feeling like this space is for them they're totally safe and like they can do whatever they want on the trail so i think that's that's one big thing that we think about is like you know when certain people think of trails you might just envision like you know you're running hiking or riding on the trails but people could actually just use trails to like go and sit and exist there or have a picnic there or you know get you do a photo like shoot like there are just different ways you can use a trail and I think inviting people to do what they like to do on a trail is like one one really big way to get people on there and thinking of them as like spaces to be rather than to move through Mm. you know I think that's that's maybe different for like the natural surface trails because like they're kind of nice places to be but for a multi-use trail people are kind of like well if I don't need to go from this place to this place or I'm not a runner I'm not a biker like why would I go there and I think it's really just uh like making sure people can make it a flexible space and make it a space for them and then there's just there's things like just you know getting the word out through different avenues um and and doing really basic stuff like wayfinding gateways, like making sure loudly people understand like this is this, this trail is here. It's for you. It's like yours to do whatever, you know, you want to do there. So those are some things we're working on in the circuit. And, and I live in Trenton and we've been working on thinking about how do we make really obvious connections to neighborhoods, even just like physical ones. Like we have the Delaware and Raritan canal path through the whole city. And, you know, if you live in a certain neighborhood, even if the trail's right next to you, you have to like walk like a mile to get onto the trail. Cause there's like an official entrance somewhere. So these like tiny infrastructure projects where you're like just cutting a path through the woods to the trail would like do so much to be like, this space is here for uh-huh. you to use. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I, I remember talking a couple of years ago with, um, I don't know if they were with Essex County or, or who, who the organization was, maybe with the trail conference. We were talking about the Lenape Trail that goes uh, from Newark, New Jersey to Milburn, most indirect way that you can go. It's this big <laughs> U-shape. Um, but that was one of the things they brought up was that like people just don't, they don't know that trails like that exist. And I always say the Lenape Trail, I think is one of the most interesting, fun trails in New Jersey because it goes through something like 16 different parks and um, tons of different towns and you go from trail to pavement. Um, but it's a really a, a unique experience, you know, to find trails like that. Yeah, totally. Do you, do you find that the Lenape Trail is like well signed for in between? Like, can you, if you didn't have a map, could you make your way through the whole trail? I think it's, it's for the most part pretty well blazed like they use yellow blazes um sort of i mean it's kind of part of the game is when you're running or walking it you know you gotta look for the some of them are faded other other spots it's it's kind of hit or miss i guess you know depending on what town you're in what park you're in um but in terms of like the mapping i think there's only a couple parks that have like a kiosk that'll say like this is the Lenape Trail, um, and it goes from Newark to Milburn, and you are here. Um, but I know when I moved back to New Jersey, I had never even heard of it until I saw it, you know, it was a fat-ass race online, like, we're going to do the Lenape Trail. Like, what the heck is this? And I grew up in the town, you know, where it goes through, so. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so some of our study was, like, focus groups with communities, and, you know, the circuit trails are are throughout the region, but there's a, a network being built in the city of Camden. And this one resident was just like angry. They were like, you know, how have I, how have I lived here for this long and like not known that this is here for me to use. And so I would say also just like not taking it for granted that people know these, these like great places are in their community. Like we, we should be striving to actively tell people about them. Yeah. And I, I think that's where like, you know, the cycling community, the running community, like we can really be ambassadors for these places and, and encourage people to, to join them, to experience them and do, you know, what they feel comfortable doing there. Yeah. Um, I wonder, I'll put you on the spot here, but can you name a couple of these trails that we've got in New Jersey, maybe get the word out for some folks who might not be aware yeah. of Okay, so, okay, so if you're, I'm mostly speaking in the Mercer to Camden County region, but so if you want to take a trip, there's the Lawrence Hope Bowl Trail. It's a 22 mile loop. Um, it's beautiful. It's like one of our star trails in the area. There's a lot of pavement, some of it's natural surface, um, but you could actually, you know, depending on where you live, you could probably ride there on the Delaware and Lee, uh, Raritan Canal. So that's, you know, the 65, I believe it's 65 miles through New Jersey. Um, and so that actually overlaps with the East Coast Greenway. The East Coast Greenway extends, you know, from like where the Delaware and Raritan like kind of ends-ish in New Brunswick. And you could go up on the Middlesex Greenway, which is also a great uh, local trail there. Um, you know, not, not in existence yet, but the Essex Hudson Greenway to be renamed is going to be an amazing, uh, resource for communities from Montclair to Newark to Jersey city when it's completed. Um, if you wanted to go really to like Camden, I would say to check out the Cooper river trail. And that's super fun. Cause you could check out the trail in the park, but you could also, actually get kayaks and boat on the Cooper River. Uh, so Jana and I, one of our best days of work, I think, was when we got to we got to paddle the Cooper River to the back channel of the Delaware and we landed on Petty's Island, which used to have like a Sitco refinery and um, is being turned into like a nature preserve. And right across that back channel, actually you should all just go to Camden, right across from that back channel, <laughs> is um, Kramer Hill Park that was just open like a couple weeks ago. And it's a former landfill made into like a really, really beautiful park. Like it's, it's wonderful. And you have views of like the Philly skyline from there. So you can make a day trip, go to all those spots 
bring a boat, it would be great. <laughs> um, and then like two, like if you just are interested in in cool views is like the Ben Franklin Bridge that has a beautiful side use path that Tri-State was involved in advocating for. And then the Scudder Falls Bridge. So if you've taken 295, I realize if you're in North Jersey, you're like, I don't care. I know, I'm like, <laughs> this is the same state as you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is the magical world of central and southish Jersey. This is the, the land of uh, pork rolls. <laughs> yes. <talking> about. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but we basically there's a, a bridge. 295 is on the bridge and there's a beautiful shared use path going a across the Delaware River. And so you could see the views up and down the Delaware there. Mm -hmm. Just in general, you could do that and you could go up on the Jersey side and then loop to the PA side. There's a canal path similar to the DNR on that side called the Delaware and Lehigh Trail. And so you could do awesome loops. That's like, I live in Trenton and I feel like a lot of my runs and rides are like some form of looping the Delaware. <laughs> so... That's Those amazing. are some of them. I'll send you links. Yeah, man. I gotta, I guess I gotta go cross the border and get to South Jersey a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, let me check in the chat. We've got some chatter going on here. Um, <laughs> all right, we're not going to wait to the end. Joe said to wait to the end, but I'm going to ask this because it's pretty funny. Joe wants to know, is that a giant taco poster behind you? Yes, that is a... <laughs> Doritos Locos Tacos poster. Where did you get that? That came from a Taco Bell. I don't remember why we have it, but I think so. I think Adam must have like peeled it off of a Taco Bell window at some point <laughs> for some reason. I don't know, <laughs> but, but it's oh here. That's amazing. You know, we might have to borrow that. One of the ideas we're working on, um, Joe, I guess we'll, we'll go public with this and Jana. So if you're not aware, February, let's see, February 22nd this year is 2-22-22, and it's also on a Tuesday. So we're trying to scheme up a Taco Tuesday run. That 22 we, tacos on Tuesday? I mean, it, it might have to happen. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Could you plan it on a maybe the Lenape trailer somehow so that you have to run to 22 places that would be pop there's I'm sure there's 22 taco spots on the Lenape trail yeah I think that sounds great you should do it <laughs> are you in are you are you coming <laughs> I might have to walk it coming <laughs> you have to bring your your taco sign and like wear it as a kid oh yes totally I'm down <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Yeah. We got to put a little bit more thought into the taco Tuesday run, but I think that's going to happen. Um, Janice says we can close the office on that day. So, okay. Sounds like you're in now. <laughs> uh, all right. Let me scroll back up here. Let's see. Oh, Kaylin, my friend, Kaylin Hopkins says uptown gentle friends is doing a lot with the running community in mercer county and trenton connect with john beck john beck's one of our runners as well i'm not familiar with them are you have you heard of these guys no but i'd love to connect with them all right we'll see if we can make the connection for you you and john beck he's he's a he's a legend in these one, parts here one thing we're working on that might be of interest to to them if you know if they want to stop by is like we're working on building a community bike shop in the city right now and we're we're trying to make that like a a spot that you meet up to do various activities so maybe that could be a a meeting spot for the running okay. club. Hey. All right, we're going to have to connect you guys then. Um let's see where else here we got another one from Jana. This is going to circle us back to the film and we're, we got a couple minutes left. So we'll probably wrap up with this. So Jana wants to know what lessons did you take from the journey of creating the film? Meaning something said by the people you've interviewed that inspired you something in the process itself. How do you think you have grown from this experience? Yeah, well, you know, I think their message for, for the film was really like, 
we wanted to do this thing and we didn't have the right experience or the right resources or the right anything to actually do it, but they still pulled it off. (laughs) And if anything, I would say we did the exact same thing with the film. It's like, you know, we, we grew a lot from just all the mistakes we've made. I feel like I just have you know, my lessons learned, like, don't ever do this again. (laughs) But, but that was the takeaway for me was like, you know, don't wait. I I feel like you hear this all the time is like, don't wait until the conditions are perfect, just do it. Um, So I, I think that was a huge message from the guys. And, you know, still to this day, like they took this huge risk and it changed the course of all of their lives. Yeah. And when you talk to them about it, it's still clearly like the most, one of the most important things they've ever done. And it's been 40 years since it's happened. So like we could see from talking to them, they like relived that moment. And it was like, just like, you know, just take the risk and just do it. I I think is the kind of the message that they left us with. And just like, you'll figure it out. (laughs) Just get a bunch of duct tape. What a gift, like what a gift you gave these guys. I mean, they must've been, I'm sure they expressed that to you, right? Like, did they express some gratitude? I mean, what an incredible gift you guys gave. Yeah, I think, you know, I think their story, it really came at the right time for them too. You know, like the, it's kind of the 40th anniversary. They're really reflecting. Um, and I think they are pretty grateful also that they all have a reason to see each other all the time now. Cause we try to get them all to come to different fests and meet up for screenings. And so I, I feel like, we kind of helped rekindle some of their connections with within their group. So that that's been really cool to see. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, well, Sonia, this has been so fun. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad that you came on and that, you know, we got to meet. Um, I don't even remember when it was. Time is so weird. The last two years. It has been very weird. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like 2020 and 2021 are just, there's no separation between. The yeah. Two. I totally agree. I don't, I don't know where it starts and ends. <laughs> uh, but yes, I'm so, I'm so glad that Jana made the connection and we got to meet in person and see the film. Um, before we officially end, can you just share, like, how can people connect with you? And then how can they, um, if they want to watch the, the film, Godspeed Los Palocos, how can they do that? Yeah, so um, you can connect with me from our website probably is the best way. So it's godspeedlospolacos.com or you could just do sourlandstudios.com. They both go to the same spot. Um, And on that website, um, you can see like a link to all these different ways to watch the film. The easiest way I say is to just go on Amazon, but if you have Apple TV, it's on there. Um, it's also on Vimeo if, if you choose to watch films that way and then um, a few other channels. But the easiest way is to just go on our website, sourlandstudios.com, and then it'll be like, you know, click here to see where you can view it. And that's also where we put our in-person screening. So, you know, if, if you for some reason want to do a screening, you can also reach out to us there and request one. And we can work with you to make that happen. Awesome. So good. Well, thank you again for coming on. Um, thank you so much. We're going to see you on uh, February 22nd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Feel that taco poster off your wall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're watching live, we appreciated the, uh, the fun chatter in the chat room. And uh, if you're listening to our podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Like and subscribe there on your favorite platform. And uh, learn more about Sasquatch. Just go to sasquatchtrailrunning.com. You can follow us on social media. We're really active on Facebook, uh, Sasquatch Trail Running, and Instagram, Sasquatch Trail Runners. So that's about it. Until we see you again, keep it squatchy.